Hello, welcome to my secret obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and I'm excited to present Blood Kiss by Karen Chevin. This psychological suspense novel blends romance with creepy thrills to keep you glued to your seat. One reviewer says, This story is full of twists and turns, mystery, drama, suspense, and romance. So, put your earbuds in and let's get to know our heroine. Blood Kiss by Karen Chebin Chapter 1 Alicia Woods stared at the building. There was nothing special about it. It was just a typical strip mall with the typical stores. A nail salon, a Chinese restaurant, a postal store, a yogurt shop, and then one that seemed out of place in this neighborhood. She'd walked past the store countless times on her way to the Chinese restaurant, but she'd never bothered to go in. She never needed to. She gripped the steering wheel, rested her head against her forearms, and exhaled loudly. She didn't know why she was so hesitant to go in there. Maybe it was because she didn't want to face the reality of her situation, but living in denial wouldn't make her any safer. Denial only compounded the problem that was being denied. She'd done her research. She'd even filled out the appropriate paperwork while she weighed the pros and cons. But as time ticked on and the situation seemed to progress, she couldn't deny the fact that she wanted to feel safe. And now, staring at the store, she hoped that young guns would do that, make her feel safe. Alicia turned off the car and dragged her purse across the seat as she got out. She shut the car door with more force than necessary, squeezing her eyes tight as the door slammed. She really needed to stop doing that. She dropped her key fob into her oversized purse and slipped it casually over her shoulder. She could do this. Alicia took a quick look around. Nothing seemed unusual. A father held the door open for his family as they entered the restaurant. A mom with a troop of kids came out of the yogurt shop, and an older lady entered the nail salon. Alicia was tired of this paranoia, constantly looking over her shoulder. She hated feeling like she was being watched, but she couldn't deny it. She was being watched. She walked to the entrance of Young Guns, took a deep breath, and pulled open the door. As she stepped inside, she realized the store was larger than it seemed from the outside. It was deeper than it was wide. She was immediately impressed by how organized the store was. Everything was meticulously in place. Fluorescent lights brightened the space, and she noticed surveillance cameras nestled high in the corners of the walls. Every inch of the store was on display somewhere in a back office. She chuckled to herself. Apparently, the store owner was even more paranoid than she was. At least she hadn't resorted to cameras yet. Not that the idea hadn't crossed her mind. She did rely on the security system in her home. If it was triggered, it would actually call someone for help. She walked along the metal shelves and was surprised to find that a gun store would have such a wide variety of goods. The typical gun stuff was to be expected, but bagged food, flashlights, and various accessories any hunter or camper would ever need were organized neatly on the shelves. She felt like she was in an outdoor recreational store, only the focus was on guns rather than sports or biking. Along three perimeter walls lay glass displays full of guns. Scott looked up when the door chime buzzed. Although it would be quitting time soon, 
He never hurried customers out of the door, not even on Saturday nights. His curiosity was piqued when she entered the store. He couldn't help but raise an eyebrow as he glanced at Mike, who in return shot him a smirk and a subtle head nod. Scott knew what that smirk meant. Mike thought she was cute, too. Scott checked her out again, trying to read her. He was good at that, reading people, and her body language screamed at him from across the room. She was not his usual customer. The majority of his customers were male, although he did see plenty of women. But when he looked at this woman, he noted the concern that marred her appearance. Her mouth was stretched tight in neither a grin nor a frown. She looked around nervously and dug her nails along the ridge of her thumb, picking at her skin. It was obvious that she didn't hang out in gun stores. Her eyes flit nervously around the store. She looked like she wanted to bolt. Whatever the catalyst for her entering young guns, he knew fear was her great motivator. Her type only showed up in his store if they were in trouble, and by then, it was usually too late for them. The damage had already been done. Alicia wandered to the nearest gun case and stared down at the big weapon that looked like it was made to shred elephants or fight insurgents in foreign countries. Leaning forward, she read the tag, Bushmaster M4 A3 Patrolman Carbine. It was a serious weapon, something G.I. Jane would use. Scott strolled towards her, noting her appearance. She was average height. He'd guess about 5'4". She had pretty honey-blonde hair that had a little wave to it and swept below her shoulders. He appreciated the way her jeans hugged her form. The dark denim clung to her in all the right places, and her blouse highlighted her curves. He assumed she was a professional, but not one who had to dress up for work. He liked the soft, feminine glow about her that shone through despite the anxiety that obviously weighed on her. He'd guessed she was a nurse or a teacher, some profession that required compassion, empathy, and patience. She definitely fell under the nurturer category. There was a wholesomeness and look of honesty in her eyes. From her clothes and the way that she carried herself, she clearly had a good life and had been spared the burdens and trauma that plagued so many. But something had changed that. Scott was surprised that her focus on the gun in the case had prevented her from looking up as he approached. He came to a stop across the case from her and tapped the glass above the semi-automatic weapon. Alicia startled, her body jerking at his sudden presence. She looked up, and then up some more until she got to his face. She hadn't even noticed him approaching her, which didn't seem possible considering his size. He was huge. Not just taller than average but tall as in giant-sized. The man had to be about six foot five. Alicia gave the blonde Hulk a nervous smile and then shook the image of the Hulk away. This man was not green or in the middle of a temper tantrum. Sorry, I didn't see you, she mumbled. She felt stupid, even as the words left her mouth. He probably didn't hear that very often. One would have to be nearly blind to not notice the man. Scott hadn't meant to scare her, but her reaction confirmed his suspicion. She was scared. She wasn't in his store for recreation like most of his customers. She was here for her safety. No, I'm sorry, he said softly, giving her a casual smile. I try not to scare my customers. He leaned against the counter behind him, 
He didn't want to crowd her space. Alicia nodded and looked around the room again. Another big guy sat behind the gun case by the back wall. Maybe she should have told someone she was coming in here. They had the look of men who knew how to make someone disappear. Um, one minute, she said with a shaky smile. I just got a text. She dug her phone out of her purse and texted Kara the name of the store. She knew she was being paranoid, but if something happened to her, Kara could at least point the police in the right direction. Scott watched her pretend to reply to a text. He knew what she was doing. Yeah, this woman was definitely scared. Terrified, perhaps. He wasn't sure how to help her with that. He tried to get some information out of her in order to give her some advice, but for now, he'd do his best not to scowl or crowd her. When she shoved her cell back into her purse, Scott said, That's a lot of gun. He leaned forward and tapped the glass over the Bushmaster. Then he crossed his arms over his chest and leaned back against the counter again. He smiled, hoping to relax her. Women usually responded to his smile. He'd been told he had sexy dimples. When she inhaled and raked her eyes over his body, he didn't see lust in her eyes. He saw trepidation. Relaxing this woman would be a challenge. Why don't we start with names? I'm Scott Hansen. This is my store he said with a sweep of his hands. She cracked a smile. She recognized him from a photo on the Young Guns website. I'm... I'm Alicia. Oh, she sounded like an idiot struggling to say her own name. She tapped the glass above the Bushmaster semi-automatic. I don't think this is the one for me, she said with a forced chuckle. She needed to get it together. She was behaving like a freak, which frustrated her. This fearful person invading her body was unwelcomed. She was strong and independent. She took care of herself and a horde of spirited children every day. She typically rolled with the punches and tried to be an optimist. But this problem that plagued her cast a wide shadow of fear over her life. She was determined to expose it and deal with it head on. She wanted her life back. Maybe she did need that giant gun to kick the ass of the dark shadow that lurked around her. Scott tilted his head to the side and said, You can tell me why you want to buy a gun, and I'll help you find the right one for you. She didn't like verbalizing the problem. Was she blowing the situation out of proportion? Was she overreacting? She'd feel real stupid if that was the case. She hesitated and then announced, I want the gun for self-defense. She said the words with as much confidence and bravado that she could muster. He'd already assumed that. He wanted to know the details. He knew of great programs for victims of abuse or trauma. He intended to give her all the help he could. Why do you think you need a gun for self-defense? He asked, his eyebrows pulling together. Is there a problem? Anger boiled in her chest. She didn't want to explain herself to this man. He wasn't a psychologist. He was a gun seller, or whatever you call them, and she needed him to do his job. She tilted her head and narrowed her eyes. Are you going to sell me a gun or not? She asked sharply. I can take my business elsewhere. There were several other gun stores in the area. She had options. Scott waved his hand back and forth and said, Oh, please don't, Alicia. I have every intention of selling you a gun. I'm just trying to understand the situation so I can match you to the right gun. 
He waved with his arm as he headed towards the back wall lined with gun cases. Follow me. I think the guns over here will be more appropriate for your needs. Her emotions were all over the place. He'd done nothing wrong, but she felt so edgy. I'm not myself right now, she sputtered. She hated being this person, stressed and scared. She wanted her life back, so she plastered on a smile and followed him. It didn't escape her notice that he was leading her towards the big man behind the counter. Gosh, was she going to turn every man into Ted Bundy? That wasn't how she wanted to live her life. She just needed to trust the Scott guy a little. He wasn't her problem. But she hoped he could offer her a solution. They came to a stop at the back of the store. The other man sat on a stool reading a gun magazine. He glanced up at her. She gave him a weak smile, acknowledging his presence. No worries, Scott replied, fiddling with a key ring. It sounds like you're under a lot of stress. He'd get her to open up. Sometimes you just had to take your time and be patient. Yeah, you could say that. She rolled her eyes and laughed, trying to be friendlier. The man on the stool cleared his throat but kept his eyes on the magazine. Scott looked over his shoulder at the man and tossed a thumb in his direction. That's Mike. Hi, she replied with a smile. He stood and extended his hand for a shake. Mike Lewis, nice to meet you, he said. When she grasped his hand, he noted the firm grip she gave. That was a good sign. Handshakes tell a lot about a person. She was strong and determined. His hand was rough, unlike most of the men's hands that she knew. His thumbnail was badly bruised. He'd eventually lose it. She released Mike's hand and took in a deep breath. On her exhalation, she let her story spill. I have a stalker. It seems to be progressing. I'm scared. Okay, Scott said. He nodded his head, relieved that she was trying to take control of the situation before it was too late. How do you know you have a stalker? Mike settled himself on the stool and went back to Foe reading the magazine. The pages crinkled under his tightening grip. Stalkers were serious trouble. He gave her a quick look and then stared at the magazine again. The words blurred before his eyes as his thoughts were on her and the danger threatening her. About a month ago, I received a flower delivery at school. I'm a teacher, she added with a slight shrug. The flowers were beautiful. I don't know who sent them. The card only read Secret Admirer. Alicia laughed cynically. I was actually flattered. I have a few guy friends that I flirt with, she said. Not sure why she gave them that information. It seemed insignificant, but she needed to tell them. She wanted them to know her thought process, to understand that she wasn't a complete moron for thinking that this wasn't strange from the beginning. Normal men don't go around doing the secret admirer thing. She continued. The guys flirt back, but there's nothing serious. I figured one of them wanted to take our friendship to the next level, she shrugged. She felt like such an idiot. I thought he'd reveal himself after I got the flowers, but that didn't happen. He just sent more stuff with cryptic notes. Some of the notes talked about things I'd done, so I know he's watching me, and I have no idea who he is. A coil of tension worked through Mike's gut. She was in serious trouble, but thankfully the damage wasn't irreparable yet. These situations slowly escalate until the shit finally hits the fan. 
He turned the page of his magazine, even though he hadn't read a word. Scott drummed his fingers on the glass of the gun case. He could feel the tension coming off of Mike. Have you spoken with the police? Alicia barked out a laugh. They were useless. No crime has been committed, so they won't investigate. And since I don't even know his name, I can't get a restraining order. She huffed and slowly shook her head in frustration. Hopefully they'll be more interested in solving my murder when they find my dead body. She hated that someone scared her so much that when she commented on her death, she knew it was a possibility. None of that surprised Mike. The police had limited resources and needed to prioritize their cases. They didn't do the grunt work on unrequited love issues when they had serious crimes to deal with. I see, Scott said. So you want a gun to feel safe. Have you filled out the permit form? Yes, Alicia said. I have it right here. She dug in her purse and grabbed her wallet. Opening it, she pulled out the permit and laid it on top of the gun case. Scott scanned it. Well, let's get you a gun. He gave a firm nod and tapped his fingers on the glass. There are a few things you have to consider when you buy a gun, he began, and then counted the reasons on his fingers. It needs to fit comfortably in your hand, be easy to use and maintain, and powerful enough to stop an attacker. Alicia sucked in a breath as she stared at the guns. Stop an attacker. Would she really have to do that? She'd never imagined that she would need to shoot someone. That just wasn't something she'd ever dreamt necessary. But standing here beside the gun cases made the possibility of shooting someone real. She wasn't sure how she felt about that. She knew she'd pull the trigger to save herself. She prayed it would never come to that. She didn't want to be in this predicament. She just wanted the man to go away. Scott unlocked the sliding door in the gun case and pulled out a compact handgun. He released the magazine and completed the safety check by looking down the ejection port. Then he laid the two pieces on the glass. This would be my first choice for you. It's a Glock 19. It's compact, has a dual recoil spring system that cuts down on the recoil, and it can hold plenty of bullets in the magazine. Alicia picked up the gun, taking note of how the grip felt against her skin. It's lighter than I thought, she said, glancing at Scott. That's because of the polymer frame. The barrel is metal. How does it feel? Scott asked. Is it comfortable? He watched her as she studied the gun in her hand. She nodded. Yes, if it's my hand well. She rewrapped her fingers around the grip and liked the look. Something inside her clicked. The weight of the gun in her hand emboldened her. She felt empowered. She couldn't help but smile as she realized she was one step closer to reclaiming her life. Scott took her hand in his and examined how her hand fit around the grip. It looks good, he said with a nod. You should consider a lockbox. Are children frequently at your home? Alicia shrugged. I don't have kids, but my nieces come over a lot. The last thing she wanted was for one of them to get hurt. Their father had guns at home. He taught them gun safety, but as a teacher, she knew kids didn't always make the best choices. Follow me, Scott said. He made his way around the gun cases and joined her. The lock boxes are over here. He led her down one of the aisles and stopped in front of the lock boxes. They came to a variety of sizes. 
Some cases were long and soft-shelled for rifles. There were rectangular metal boxes for multiple guns, and some looked like miniature safes. All of these are good. He waved his hand in front of a small section, but this would be a good match for your needs. He placed a finger on a box constructed of metal that looked a lot like old-fashioned briefcase with a numbered keypad on it. She shook her head and looked up at Scott. Do you have any Barska safes? Is there anything that opens with a fingerprint? That type caught her eye when she did her research on the internet. She hoped he had those in stock. Biometric, Scott said. Yes. Mike was impressed. She'd done her homework, but it was still painfully obvious that she had limited experience with guns. He didn't like the idea of a novice handling a gun without guidance. The door chime buzzed, and Scott looked over at Mike. Mike gave a quick nod to Scott and set his magazine down. He walked around the counter and approached the men that entered the store. He wanted Scott focused on Alicia. She needed his help more than the two regulars that showed up. Scott led her farther down the aisle. We have several biometric safes. They are considerably more expensive. He placed his hand on top of one. This Barska will meet your needs. Alicia knelt beside the shelf and opened the door of the safe. It appeared to be constructed of thick metal. The box seemed big enough. There was plenty of space for a gun and ammo. She liked that her nieces wouldn't be able to get into it. She wasn't even sure she'd keep the gun in the safe when no one else was around. In an attack, every second counted. The price was a little more than she wanted to pay, but safety was more important than saving a few dollars. I'll take it, she said, standing and resting her hands on her hips. Mike glanced over at her, noting that she hadn't balked at the cost of the gun or the safe. She either had a nice nest egg, or she was terrified and willing to pay anything for her safety. Perfect, Scott said. Let's get your ammo. He led her to the shelving loaded with different types of ammo. He picked up a box and held it out to her. You need the 9 millimeter. She nodded and took the box. She was glad he made the choice for her. There were so many different brands to choose from, and she really didn't know one brand from the other. The box was heavier than she expected. Put it on my tab, she said with a smile. With each item, she felt the weight that crushed her lighten. Apparently, Roosevelt was on the right track. Carrying a big stick, or a gun for that matter, was an effective way to deal with troublemakers. Mike rang the men up and put their items in a bag. He didn't miss that the men glanced over at Alicia on their way out the door. He gave her a glance, too, and liked that she was relaxing. She even started making little jokes while she talked with Scott. Her body had been tense with anxiety when she first entered the store, but as she talked, she relaxed. Perhaps sharing her situation with someone had eased some of the burden, and it didn't hurt that she probably felt empowered by the safety the gun offered. Scott smiled and led her back to the gun case near Mike. He set the box of ammunition on the case and then taught her how to remove the magazine and load the ammo. It took her a few tries to master the loading process. Pressing down the cartridge and putting a new one in place could be tricky for novices, especially weak ones. My bullet keeps slipping, she said as she tried to load the magazine. Scott repositioned her thumb on the cartridge. She pressed down to make room for the next cartridge. Then she successfully slipped the new cartridge into the magazine. How many of these does it hold? She looked up at him. She never realized how weak her hands were. 
She worked out, but mostly cardio stuff. Her upper body strength was pathetic. She probably had students who could beat her in an arm wrestling competition. Fifteen for this magazine, he said. There is a larger one. It holds 33, but it protrudes from the bottom of the grip. Wow, she said. Let's hope I never need more than 15. She laughed nervously and stroked her thumb along the side of the magazine. I hope you never need one, Scott said. He loved his job. His favorite part was meeting people who shared his passion. When he worked with scared people, it hung a dark cloud over his favorite pastime. That he didn't like. He hated to see anyone scared or suffer. He'd had enough of that to last a lifetime. Scott walked her through the process of loading the Glock and the basic mechanics of the gun. Then he showed her how to clear chambered rounds and clean the gun. Mike couldn't help but steal some looks from his perch on the stool. She paid rapt attention to everything Scott said. She asked questions when needed, and she seemed to pick everything up pretty quickly. There are some great videos on YouTube if you need a refresher on any of this. Scott slid a piece of paper towards her. Here are some gun safety classes that are offered at the shooting range. You need to take one as soon as possible. She glanced over the paper. She recognized the name of one of the shooting ranges. Thanks. I'll definitely do that, she said and shoved the paper into her purse. He'd covered so much with her that it felt like her brain was drowning in information. There was no way she could possibly absorb everything. YouTube was definitely in her future. Scott rang up her items and took her credit card. You can always come back here if you need help. I'll be happy to answer any questions for you. Thanks, Alicia replied. She liked Scott's smile. His dimples softened his face and made him seem more approachable. It was obvious now why his store had so many positive reviews online. He was good with people, and she appreciated that he hadn't talked down to her while he was explaining everything to her. Not once did she feel stupid for asking him a question, and she'd asked some pretty basic questions. Mike set the gun magazine down on the counter and stood. Alicia's eyes flicked towards him as he moved. He knew he was intimidating. That usually worked for him. But with women, sometimes he had to convince them that he wasn't dangerous. At least, not to them. I'm actually heading over to the shooting range now, Mike said. He leaned against the counter and rested one arm on top of the display. You really need some practice with the Glock. He pointed at a new gun on the case. If you're willing, I'll help you. He wanted to help her. His conscience would nod him like a rabid dog if he let her walk away. He intended to help her until he felt confident that she could handle the gun. Inwardly, he willed her to accept his offer while he kept his outward appearance nonchalant and casual. She was already skittish. He didn't want her to scare her away by being too pushy. Alicia stared at him, unsure how to respond. He was a big guy, not as tall as Scott, but broad and well-muscled. His dark hair was cut short and tiny scars etched his face and arms. His t-shirt stretched tight across his broad chest and tattoos peeked out from his short sleeves. There was no way she was getting into a car with him. She didn't come to the gun store to pick up an even more dangerous man. Scott fought the desire to smile at her deer-in-the-headlights look. It finally relaxed, but at Mike's offer, her face went blank and she blinked a few too many times without answering. He's right, Scott said. He lifted one shoulder casually in an attempt to encourage her to accept. It's a good idea. There's a lot to learn about handling a gun, and you need practice. 
in a real life situation, it's the muscle memory that gets you through when your mind goes into panic mode. Plus, Mike knows his way around guns. You couldn't get a better instructor. Mike read the concern in her eyes as he waited for her reply. He wasn't surprised at her hesitation. She didn't come in here to pick up a man. She came in here to defend herself from a guy who scared the hell out of her. And there was no way that he wanted to be lumped into that category. We can meet there. It's a public range, Mike added. No pressure. He smiled and shrugged his shoulder in indifference. I'll give you the address. You can decide in the car how you feel. He'd say just about anything to convince her to accept his offer. She needed his help whether she realized it or not. Alicia smiled and gave a quick nod. That works. She did need practice, and she figured that he had to be better than a YouTube video. Good, Mike said. I'll carry the safe out to your car. Walked around the counter, picked up the safe and waited behind her as she gathered the rest of her stuff together. He smiled when she looked over her shoulder at him. Then she dug through her gigantic purse for her key fob. What the hell did she keep in there? It was bigger than his go-bag. Alicia dangled her key fob and tried not to stare at his biceps as he held the safe. She had struggled to lift it. She really did need to start lifting weights. Thanks, she said to Mike, nodding at the safe. Then she turned towards the store exit. I'm right out front. She figured the muscular arms that she did her best not to gawk at were either from hours of lifting weights in a prison yard or from training in the military. It was clearly not a man who sat behind a desk staring at a computer for eight hours a day. She felt his presence behind her as she walked towards the door. She didn't know what she was thinking. To even consider meeting a man who clearly had more world experience than she did. She'd lived a good life, had been moderately sheltered, and always dated the right kind of guys. This man was nothing like the typical guy that she spent time with. She did like his eyes, though. They were a nice shade of green, but they'd clearly seen too much. There was an edge to them, perhaps a haunting that he couldn't shake. Even as he sat reading the magazine, she'd noticed the strength in his face. It was obvious that he liked to be in charge. Was he demanding and bossy? That would be a problem. She didn't find controlling men sexy, and that's what made the decision to mate with him difficult. Did she want to open the door of her life to him by meeting him at a shooting range? What were his expectations? Perhaps he's just a nice guy offering to help a girl out. She rolled her eyes at herself when she realized that was as ridiculous as thinking that having a secret admirer was normal. She pushed against the door and stepped outside. The temperature had dropped and it was nearly dark. The fall nights came too early. She clicked the key fob and the car chirped. Mike saw the headlights flash and headed towards the silver Altima. We should put this stuff in the trunk, he said. He clicked the trunk button on the fob and lifted the trunk door. Her trunk was organized. He liked that. A large copy paper box filled with files, notebooks, and textbooks took up the center space of the trunk, while a sweatshirt was stuffed into the corner beside one of the brake lights. Here, let me get that, she said setting the gun and ammo in the trunk. She shoved the copy paper box aside to make room for the lockbox in the center. Alicia checked out the muscles in his arms and back as he set the lockbox in the trunk. Was he Dr. Doom or Captain America? 
Mike closed the trunk door and leaned against the car. He stared at the bright orange strip of sky along the western horizon while impending darkness crept towards them from the east. He didn't want to push her, but he did want to keep her safe. He realized pressuring her wouldn't help his case, so he did his best to sound encouraging without being overbearing. He wasn't going to fail this time. This time the victim would survive. I'm going to head over to Iron Sights, he said. It's on Highway 55. She liked the sound of his voice. The deep, gentle rumble set her at ease. He sounded confident and capable, and she appreciated that he wasn't pressuring her. Yeah, I know it. I've passed it before, she said, playing with the zipper toggle on her purse. Her brother practiced at the shooting range. She still hadn't decided whether to meet him there or not. She could definitely use the one-on-one instruction but she wasn't sure she was ready for one-on-one time alone with him. She knew nothing about him. She really didn't need more drama in her life right now. He gave her a crooked smile and dug his key fob out of his pocket. I'm the black truck. He pointed to the Titan parked two spaces down from her. You can follow me if you like. He gazed into her eyes. He liked the way compassion seemed to pour from them. He could easily get sucked under those blue waves. He'd seen so much tragedy in his life that he craved the innocence and peace so many enjoyed and took for granted. She tossed her purse onto the passenger seat. Thanks for your help with the safe, she said, tilting her head up to look at him. Even though his face was weathered, she recognized goodness in his gaze. Her gut told her that he was a good guy. Of course, Mike said with a shrug. Happy to help. And he meant it. He couldn't go back in time. He couldn't change the past, but he could help prevent another innocent's death. Saving people was a habit for him. It was encoded in his DNA. He wasn't Superman, but he did have certain talents that came in handy when lives were on the line. She slid onto the seat and closed the door with a thud. She eyed him as he walked to his truck, and it chirped as he unlocked it. At the sound of the rumble of his engine, She rested her hands on her steering wheel and looked at the young gun store. She'd entered the store filled with concern, but she left it with determined self-reliance. I hope you enjoyed Chapter 1 of Blood Kiss. On Tuesday, we will delve into the mind of Pacey, the secret admirer. You can find Karen's other novels on Amazon. Many are free to read with Kindle Unlimited. You can also follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively to keep up with the various novels and authors that we will feature. Do you want to be a part of my secret obsession? I'm looking for secrets and tattletales to read aloud on the podcast. Do you know any small town secrets? Have you had a brush with danger that rocked your world? Are supernatural activities or hauntings keeping you up at night? Write your story and send it to my secret obsession podcast at gmail.com. Goodbye.